time for Spooky, the Spooky Podcast. Chris L. Dillon and Shane K. Whitty. So, Spooky, the Spooky Podcast. Yeah. First week of October of Spookytoberween. Spookytoberween. But before we get into the all that, that good times, I suppose we should probably talk a little bit about what's been going on. It's kind of been, a, you know, like my last week was pretty good, and then Sunday happened, mm-hmm. and I wake up Monday to absolute freaking chaos. Right. I don't want to get into the politics of things. Hopefully any of our listeners have been able to get in touch with what happened in Las Vegas this weekend, and hopefully you all got good news. Uh, Me personally, um, one of my cousins lives there. Uh, One of my cousins goes there constantly. I'm pretty sure that every time she has a day off, she's either in Vegas or at Disneyland. My sister, who lives in Colorado, was taking a vacation out there. Oh, wow. And then my best friend from elementary and middle school lives out there as well. So, Monday morning, I was frantically texting. Yeah. And I had a Totally, like, play it off like I wasn't, like, super stressed out. Yeah. You know? And, um, in front of the family and stuff. And, you know, the missus got a little, uh, got a little mad at me because I didn't say that I was stressing out (laughs) because she's the one that told me about what happened. Right. Because, I mean, we woke up to it. We had no idea. Yeah. And... (laughs) I'm like, sorry, I go into that hyper-vigilant mood, sure, <laughs> you know, yeah. mode where I'm like, nope, I got to protect everybody and everything. Now, there's nothing bad in the world. Everything's great. Everything's unicorn farts and cinnamon sprinkles. and Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, been a, it's been a rough, rough time. I, uh, personally, I don't, have any, um, I don't have any connections with Las Vegas myself. I mean, I do have, there's some people that I care about. Um, in other cities in Nevada, um, but not in Las Vegas itself. But, um, yeah, like you said, hopefully if you do have those sort of connections, you had good news. Uh, if you don't, then I'm real sorry about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even really know, like, all to say. I mean, I'm, I, I am happy to see, like, the amount of, like, support and, uh, I heard this morning on on the radio that that there's a GoFundMe page, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they had already raised over $3 million. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's like the UFC is is donating a million dollars. And some airline is doing free travel for um, the family members of the people who died or um, were injured. injured. Yeah. Yeah, and I've seen some videos of people, um, like, driving by, uh, like, blood donation clinics and things like that, and they're just swamped right now, which is good news. No. Um, people are people are coming out in droves to help, and that's 
great. That's um, awesome. That that that's kind of like the band aid on this wound is seeing how people are coming together to, um, you know, help. Yeah. In whatever way they can. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So yeah. We, we did want to address that. Yeah, we're not going to talk about it like all kinds, but we figured it would be kind of silly if we didn't at least mention it, and uh, wow. and that way we can sort of get that out of the way and move into a, a little more lighthearted. Well, we got we got to do one more depress. We got to do one more depressing yeah, thing yeah, too. Yeah, maybe I was trying to kind of mentally avoid. I that know one. you're trying to, but you know, so wake up to that shit sandwich mm-hmm. of what's going on in uh what happened in vegas and we get a side order of shit chips and tom petty died yeah and and then that of course didn't end up being like a clear cut and dry sort of thing because all all yesterday was reports of him dying and then no he didn't but yeah he did but then no he didn't and it's kind of all day like well what's going on with tom petty I spent the day listening to Tom Petty and crying because yeah. I figured, you know, like the initial reports, um, you know, just yeah. man, yeah, just that was a, yeah, it was that a, was a gut punch on top of a gut punch, definitely. So, and I, uh, yeah, I and and it actually been a while. It, it prompted me to kind of look, you know look up again uh, my favorite Tom Petty song and video, which is uh, "You Don't Know How It Feels." came out sometime in the 90s or whatever and i don't know if have you ever seen that video no i don't think i've seen the video on it's, it. I, it's know the, so I know the song though yeah it's it's so cool it's basically just like uh you know him and he's like in front of a microphone just sort of front and center on in the screen but everything's like the set behind him is constantly changing and moving and i remember seeing a like a making of sort of thing and they had they had built all these different sets on these sort of rotating platforms. There were like three rotating platforms that kind of worked like gears mm-hmm. that he was standing on. And so it allowed like the entire duration of the song in the video for the set to be constantly changing. It was almost as if he's just sort of floating through, uh, you know, all these different scenarios and things going on in the background. And the whole time he's just front and center and everything else is kind of moving. It was, it's a really cool video. You should check it out. And if you're listening to this, check it out. So you don't know how it feels. You yeah. can see it on on YouTube, no problem. I posted. I, I posted um, my second favorite uh, Tom Petty song on uh, uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, which is the last DJ. Oh yeah, yeah. And like this, this song's really profound. If you listen to the lyrics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. It's 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 my second favorite Tom Petty song. My first favorite is "You Got Lucky." Hmm. Yeah, great song. The bass line in that thing is amazing. But if you watch the video for that too, that was kind of like my first introduction to you know I guess what could be called as steampunk now. You know because they okay, were all yeah, yeah. you know it was like super futuristic. But they were all dressed like they were in 1890 like Old West. Yeah, yeah. And just the bass line in that. You know, it's one of my favorite bass lines yeah. out of any music. I didn't realize how 
profound of an effect his death would have on me. Like I said, I was literally crying. Yeah, yeah, no, um, me too. Uh, all day yesterday while listening to his songs. My kids were like, what the heck is going on with Dad? And they're like, oh, he's losing it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of similar with me. I, I play music, too, and you know that. But yeah. And he was definitely one of, like, and he was a big influence for me um, musically. So, yeah, that one hit pretty hard. So, yeah, uh, losing Tom Petty yesterday as well uh, definitely made the world a little bit shittier. Um. But, you know, can't dwell on that. So we're here for Spooky, the Spooky Podcast. And hopefully we can bring a little levity back for, I don't know, for an hour or so. My name is Chris L. Dillon. And I'm Shane K. Whitty. And uh, so aside from the horrible things, (laughs) let's move on from (laughs) the horribleness of the world. Other than that, how was your week? Um, It was actually pretty good. Um didn't get attacked at work. Yeah, that nice. was nice. Um, gave a junkie a cigarette, and they gave me a pretty fancy tape measure. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was uh, playing around with that a little bit. That's a hefty. That's a hefty tape measure. I, that thing's like forty-five pounds. Yeah, you could bludgeon someone with that. You could, <laughs> the 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 tape itself. I imagine you could probably cut some heads off. That day, it's pretty good. It's uh, for a cigarette. It's the price of a yeah, cigarette. For, for the price of a cigarette, I, I think I got a good deal. <laughs> so there's an upside. There's an upside to the week. And then, <laughs> and then my missus. She's not officially the missus yet, but it's in the yep. works, yep. and we're might as well gonna lock it. that down. Sense. Yep. But uh, she introduced me to this TV show mm-hmm. called. Big Mouth. Yes. Yeah. I've only seen like three episodes of it myself. I have. I I consider myself to be a pretty funny motherfucker, okay? I'll just say it. Sure. You know, I'll yeah. use the mf here. Yeah. I, I consider myself pretty, pretty funny. Yeah. I have never heard this woman laugh so hard in my life. Now, she came to this show because... There's some weird uh, moms group called Millions of Moms or something like that that okay. boycotted it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or were like, you know, threatening a boycott. Yeah, or like call it like a call to action. Boycott this shit. Yeah. yeah. Well. The million, million well, moms or whatever, they, they kind of constantly do well, that shit. And, well, Amber's response to that is, they're boycotting it. I'm totally gonna watch that. Yeah, right. But she laughed so freaking hard. But now she's mad because I do a pretty good impression, and I don't really do that many impressions of the hormone demon. <laughs> and I'll just start talking to her <laughs> like the hormone demon, and she's like, "Oh, oh." I should have never introduced you to this. I'm like, what are you talking about? Why? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you eat that soup. You do it. Nice. Uh, so that and, uh, I mean, other than that, it was, you know, uh, like it was actually a pretty good week until 
Yeah. The last 48 hours can, you know, go stick two fingers in its butt and freaking punch itself in the face. Yeah, seriously. It's just kind of one of those things now where it's like, what the fuck's going to happen this week? Yeah, no, it's, I totally hate being this age now. It's like the soundtrack to my life is dying. Right? <laughs> you know? And that's like a literal thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but how was, how was yours? Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good up until, yeah, all that BS. Uh, I'm, I'm actively looking for, uh, Spooky is, Spooky is in the market for a new a studio. So I've kind of been, uh, wandering around and looking at prices and places. What? And, and we're going like to, we're going to leave, we're going to leave this luxurious, World headquarters? Yep, we're just no. We're gonna we're gonna move. Oh, okay. World headquarters at some point. Can we put like a commemorative plaque or something <laughs> at the world headquarters now? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we probably could. Oh, I'm sure we probably could. Sweet. <laughs> I'll break out the router and I'll get a piece of wood. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully we can get to a place where we won't have to deal with because I'm sure you're hearing it right now. The airplane flying by. And the car driving by, and then so hopefully in the future when we get our new place, it's black helicopters. <laughs> yeah, the CIA right. is on to us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We're we're moving. We're moving. Moving on up eventually to the east side to a deluxe well, apartment in the sky. Actually, technically speaking, if place been looking at, we would be moving more to the east. Yep. So you're right. Yeah, you are accurate, sir. Yep. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen this month. May not even happen next month, but I don't know. It'll happen eventually. Mm-hmm. But that's that's actually uh, just sort of uh, podcast stuff. That's just what I was been dealing with this week and uh, just trying to promote and uh, get us into greener pastures and all that sort of thing. And then uh, you know, and then the world decided to punch me in the dick a couple of times, and everybody else on the planet, and especially punch uh, people in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. The dick, repeatedly. But yeah, uh, yeah. I just don't really have a whole lot. I didn't really have a whole lot going on this week. Like I said, I watched a couple episodes of that uh, at Big Mouth, which is a really good show. Uh, they just just put out on Netflix. Did you Did you watch it? Did <laughs> I, you watch it good? I did. Did I, you watch it hard? Yeah. Did yeah, you? Sure did. Yeah. <laughs> but it was kind of one of those things where I I, I I went into it not. I didn't really I, I didn't really like read any synopsis or anything. So I, I went into it blind. Not knowing what it was about. So if you don't know what it's about, it's an animated show. And it's basically the first show I've ever seen, at least, that sort of really tackles puberty. Yeah. Like, that's just what the show's about. It's just these kids in their... Yeah, like the first episode. Yeah, the first episode mostly about boys going through puberty. And then the second episode is about girls going through puberty. Yeah. And then... It kind of balances out after that to yeah. where it's kind of like half and half in each episode. But yeah, it, yeah, and then it's like people, talk, uh, you know, questioning their sexuality and all this stuff. But it's, it's funny as shit. I really like it. But uh, my son's my son's around the house this week, so once I started watching it, and then he comes walking by right around the time where there's like dancing, singing dicks <laughs> walking around. I was you like, well, play, I might want to watch this a little later. You don't want to um, watch. Uh, you don't want to. Sit down with an impressionable youth and watch an animated kid dribble a basketball through a court full of dicks. 
Yeah, no, that's just, I'm just not ready for that yet. Uh, my life as a parent. Uh. When, the, when, when the kids go to bed, it's seriously like Christmas Eve. Or like we go close their doors and we turn it on. It's like at volume eight right. <laughs> with closed captioning. <laughs> and then we giggle. Yeah, yeah. I headphone it myself. <laughs> I do the headphones, but yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and watch the rest of it this week. Um, and yeah, and I, I finally caught myself up on Arrow, which started off as a really really good show. First couple of seasons, but like second season, great. Um, third season was okay. Fourth season was hot garbage. And I, am, I I almost didn't go back to that show, but they had season five up on Netflix, and I was like, well, I'll give it a shot, and they brought it back together. So season five, pretty good on Arrow. I like my comic book characters. Um, so yeah, watch that. That's good. Um, <laughs> you start talking about The Flash, you're totally going to get a boner. I like The Flash. It's a good show. But here's the weird part, is that like, um, so season four of... Arrow was garbage, and season one of Flash was great, but then season two of The Flash was garbage, and then Arrow brought it back together. (laughs) Here's my biggest problem with The Flash. Okay. Right? It's the name of his nemesis, his enemies. Reverse Flash? Reverse Flash. That's called Break, okay? <laughs> I would just I would think that he would be like real slow. Yeah. Real slow. I think there was actually a, I think there was an enemy, I think in the first season that was that was his deal, is that he was like super slow or something. <laughs> I can't remember. Might be. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's one thing that um I'm really hoping that uh I guess it's what, now moving into season three or They're season four bring in, of the Flash. What's the, what's the talking gorilla's name? Oh, Grodd? Grodd. Grodd's been around since season one, dude. Oh, yeah? Yeah. No, I don't remember him in season one. I watched season one. I don't remember him in season one. Pretty sure it was season one he was in. And then they ended up uh, basically giving him his own Earth to go to. Oh. Uh, where he starts Gorilla yeah, City. That's just a terrible so. name. Reverse Flash. What? <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's the problem, kind of the problem with the show is that every season now... So, yeah, I guess they're moving into season four. So there's been three seasons of The Flash now. And every season involves the bad guy being another speedster. So it was like first season was Reverse Flash. And then second season was Zoom. And then third season was Savitar. And they're all speedsters. Yeah. Well, and it's like, you know, you have to go through all the the multiverse i guess they need and, to cut that shit out and give us something to give us a, a big bad next season that's not a goddamn speedster and barry allen needs to stop fucking up the timeline because that's starting to get irritating like do you learn do you learn from your mistakes ever because you fuck up the timeline every four episodes <laughs> stop running through time shithead like, literally by the end of season three, you're like, oh, it's just like every, th- every problem that is going on right now is all rooted in the fact that you keep fucking up the timeline. Like, you're the problem, Barry Allen. Come Stop. on, Stop, Barry. <laughs> if you're going to run through the timeline, quit messing things up. Bring us back that salmon-infused hamburger that's super delicious or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And then and then it was like in the beginning of last season Some was was exciting because it's like the, like the first episode it's called Flashpoint. We're like, "Oh my god, they're doing the Flashpoint timeline." Fucking fantastic. Like you could you could do like a whole half a season just on Flashpoint. Did they do that? No. They did one episode of Flashpoint. Everything gets fixed, quote unquote, fixed by the end of the first episode. He's I wish back you on all Earth could one. see the disappointment on Chris's face as he says this. <laughs> Flashpoint's such a good storyline. There's an animated Flashpoint that you should watch. Okay. It's a, it might be on Netflix. I don't know. But if you want like if you want to experience Flashpoint, check that out. If you you know, um that's a good, it's a good storyline. Um that's the one where it's like uh because he fucks up the timeline, all these different sort of things happen and it was like um one of my favorite side stories of that, that I understand why they couldn't really do it in The Flash, but it actually revolve around Batman in that... Um, you have my interest now. Yeah, well, in, in, in Flashpoint, what happened was is that when uh, Bruce Wayne and his parents are in the alleyway, um, Bruce Wayne is the one who gets gunned down. He gets killed as a kid. And that turns his father, Thomas Wayne, he becomes a Batman because of what happened to Bruce and his uh, Martha Wayne actually goes fucking nuts about the whole situation. And she becomes the Joker. And so, yeah. So that is something that actually has me a little bit fascinated. Oh, it's fucking great. And like Thomas Wayne is like, he's a doctor. He knows how to cut you in certain places to torture the hell out of you. Exactly. And that's the exact kind of Batman that he is. Batman, Joseph Mingle, yeah, basically, like Thomas Wayne is like brutal Batman. He's just like, I don't care. Everybody dies. I'm gonna torture the shit out of people, you know. And uh, it's just, it's just, I mean, all the stuff going on in Flash, the Flashpoint storyline is really great. And I understand why, like, they couldn't do that in particular on the Flash show, um, because they haven't really established Batman. They're doing Gotham. They got the Justice League movie coming out and all that kind of stuff. But there's also all kinds of other good stuff that they could have done on Flashpoint. And they didn't do any of it. They just sort of were like, here's kind of a little sprinkling of Flashpoint. Oh, it's over. Justice so, League back movie. to the normal. Hmm? I said Justice League movie. I have a huge man crush on Jason Momoa. That's fair. I watched a 15-minute commercial I thought it was going to be some inspirational thing, but it turned out it was for Carthart Pants, but it's a 17-minute commercial. (laughs) (laughs) It's all deep and thoughtful. (laughs) And I've had these pants for 17 years because they're quality made. Carthart, not quality made in America. We don't do that no more. But they're still quality made. (laughs) I was all, son of a... Bitch! <laughs> Suck me in! <laughs> no, but I, I feel you. Uh, a few years back at uh, Sundance Film Festival, I actually I ran into Jason Momoa, and uh, yeah, that's a good looking dude. And he's um, like seven foot. Yeah, he's eight. He's a giant, and he's very he's it's just real pleasant. And he's married to Lisa Bonet. Yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely she's uh, a huxtable. I'm definitely Team Momoa. <laughs> He's all right. That guy's all right. At first, I was mad when he got cast. Yeah. Because Aquaman's supposed to have blonde hair, and it's supposed to be, you know, the curse amongst the Atlanteans. Is that what it is? 
And so I'm guessing that's why he has blonde streaks in his hair. Huh. But then I'm like, oh, but you remember how when Avengers came out and I was all super pissy about, I'm all, can't believe they cast some new guy. Yeah, you're upset about Ruffalo. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, who, I don't even know who this guy is. Yeah, I remember you were, like, you were like complaining about that as we were walking into the theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then what was I saying as I walked out of the theater? Yeah, to give you the credit, you were like, all right, I was wrong. I was 100% wrong. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo is Bruce Banner, the Hulk. Absolutely. He was amazing. Mm-hmm. He is amazing. Yeah. But yeah, when going into it, I was all butthurt. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like you might have learned your lesson a little bit because when they had initially talked about, you know, uh, Batfleck, you were... You were, you were like, yeah, dude, fuck, fuck yeah. I was too. Like, Ben Affleck is Batman? Awesome, let's do this. Because um, a lot of people were like, Ben Affleck. But you and I recognized his potential and his acting prowess. And what did we get? The best Batman ever put to screen. Live, live Not action. just ba- the best Batman, but the best Bruce Wayne. He's yeah. the one that bridges the gap. Yeah. Like, I love Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Is Batman? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I loved. I loved uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale mm-hmm. as Batman and Bruce Wayne. Sure. You know, I mean, I know everybody makes their uh, right. jokes. Yeah, but ba- uh, Ben Affleck was the first one to actually like really embody both. Yeah, and I thought like George Clooney and Val Kl- Kilmer were great Bruce Wayne's. Yeah, yeah, not so. Great Batman. Yeah. It's kind of similarly with like uh, Spider Man because Toby Maguire was a great Peter Parker, but I've always felt that he was kind of a shit Spider Man. And then Andrew Garfield was a shit Peter Parker, but he was a great Spider Man. Like, I really enjoyed Andrew Garfield as Spider Man, but when he was Peter Parker, I was like, ah, this guy's a little too cool, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, like I wish I had his hair, and that doesn't work for Peter Parker. Um, but uh, same sort of thing, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man now. Um, like he's the, he's the first one to embody both Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Like he's perfect for yeah. both. And it was, and I feel it was the same thing with Ben Affleck. Like he was, I, I totally bought him as Bruce Wayne. I thought he was great. And then when he was Batman, I was sitting there going, like when he was in the warehouse and he's just taking down all those dudes. I was like, holy shit, I've now seen Batman on screen for the first time. Like, that's how I felt about it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I love and I love Michael Keaton. I love him so much. Like, literally just put on a Michael Keaton movie and I'll watch it. Um, he could be Mr. Mom, yep. Beetlejuice. Yeah. And he's having a huge career resurgence yeah. right now. Yeah. He's like in everything. I think good he's for him in and officially good for every movie that comes out in 2017. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit, he's still doing the superhero thing because he's the vulture now. And, uh, yeah. Traitor went to Marvel. Traitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of feel like he, uh, he he solidified his big middle finger to DC when he did Birdman. So. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> it was just basically like life as ex-Batman. Oh my god, and if you haven't seen the Punisher trailer, watch it. Watch yep. it. Yep. Oh That's the my. next thing I'm really oh. looking forward to. And it's the 
biggest cock tease in the world because you know it's coming out this year. You just don't know when. Yep. My guess, after Ragnarok. Yeah, I'd guess that too. But at least we know it's this year and not next year. Oh, I know. But so you know me good. and the Punisher. The Punisher is my favorite comic character of all time. Sure. I'm just like, oh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, me too. I'm, I'm really Give it to me now! And just the way they, I mean, just the tone of the trailer was perfect, and it was it stood out from the other like Netflix Marvel properties, um, even though it's still in that same universe and still in that same area. Um, it's it's got its it's clearly got its own like distinct like tone and style to it, um, which all seem to be or is going to work for the Punisher. <laughs> and, yeah, so I think that one's going to be real good. I'm excited for that too. But yeah, that's uh, that's my week. I just. I don't know. I'm just immersed in nerdy shit. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing, though, is I kind of was I kind of was feeling the other day. I, I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, I'm really into this nerdy stuff, but I, I feel like maybe I'm gonna have to turn in my nerd card because I I think like I think I like shit too much to be an actual nerd. Like I don't complain about stuff enough. <laughs> like when shit comes out. <laughs> like when Iron Fist came out, like I, I watched it and I was like, oh, it was all right. I like me some Iron Fist. I wasn't like falling over myself on how fucking good it was, like Jessica Jones or anything, but like <laughs> I dug Iron Fist. Yeah, I was fine with it. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, is Ros- Rosario Dawson going to be in this? Sweet. Yeah, yeah awesome. But yeah, but they Thank you, Rosario like Dawson. I got to turn in my nerd card on that one because I should be writing fucking long diatribes on the internet about how awful it was and but i didn't think it was awful i just i don't agree with the casting on it because all i see with the you know with iron fist is all i see is hide from that 70s show (laughs) (laughs) i'm like really hide's gonna hide's gonna be the iron fist for real come on (laughs) no but i enjoyed the show i mean people were like oh it's kind of slow i'm like yeah it's a little you know why? Because they haven't even put out an Iron Fist comic since 1976. Right? Nobody knows Iron Fist. No, and I think I think the main problem that people really have with the show is that um, his uh, uh, Danny Rand's arc in that show, his character arc, doesn't really resolve itself until you get into the Defenders. Like he's pretty much the exact same character at the beginning of Iron Fist that he than he is at the beginning of Defenders, um, and it isn't until then that he like starts growing as a character and and that sort of thing. Oh. And I could see why that's an issue. And I and I really could have used a little more Iron Fist action. I'm not saying it's flawless. I'm not saying it's great. I just like I was like you know what it's all right. I'm not like. Up, super upset about it. No, it wasn't David Carradine in Kung Fu, but yeah. you know, it, he's not going to beat up Jet Li. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, but that's about kind of my whole thing with the whole nerd card thing. Is it's just like I can count on one hand the amount of like movies and TV shows that I actually like actively dislike. Um, to the point to where you make a point about them. <laughs> yeah, just like, well, I mean, just the point that's just like I, I don't like this, or I, I avoid watching it, or and those also tend to be things that 
have big fan bases. Like we've discussed it on uh, you know on here before. I am not at all a fan of Star Trek. I do not like no. Star Trek. I never will like Star Trek, likely. And um, well, see, that's how you get to keep your nerd card. Oh yeah, because now you're like a rebel. You're like a rebel in the nerd base. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, fuck you, Star Trek. I'm what, I'm what they call contrary. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like I don't like I don't like Star Trek. I don't like Seinfeld. Is a big one. I really don't like fucking Seinfeld. Um, and I've seen every episode of Seinfeld more than once. And I actively really dislike everyone in that show, the the look of the show, the writing on the show, everything about that show I do not like. <laughs> They're unlikable characters in every way, shape, or form. Well, that's all the I wanted po- to, well, that's the point, though. Yeah, is for but, them that's to not, be but that's not entertaining or a good time for me to sit there and watch people that I, all I want to do is just hit them in the mouth. That's what the big pay. That's what the big payoff was when it finally ended, and everybody was all butthurt about how the show ended. It's like, no, they're not good people. <laughs> These are narcissistic, egocentric assholes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, and, and at least you know, it sort of wore that on its sleeve, which I can appreciate. But it's just not. A, it's just not my idea of a good time to watch that sort of thing. Um. So I just I don't I don't dig it. Uh, totally understandable. Yeah. So I don't know. So it's just stuff like that. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge Star Trek fan at all. I mean, yeah. I like when TNG was going on. My whole thing was, uh, you know, the only time I enjoyed it was when Q showed up <laughs> in an episode. <laughs> I was like, sweet, yay, right. Like seriously, you're, you, how could you sit there and <laughs> call number two, <laughs> number two? Screw you, number one. <laughs> you're basically calling number two, number two. You're a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Realize that you are beneath me, number two. Right. Where's my roll of toilet paper? Right. Or maybe they go Demolition Man and have the three-shell thing. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny to me, like, (laughs) speaking of that three-shell thing, this is way off subject, but I'm going to talk about it anyway, (laughs) is, like, apparently that debate still rages on today. Where were the three shells in Demolition Man? Right? And for whatever reason, ever since I was a kid, when that movie came out and I saw it for the first time... And I think at one point they even showed the three shells on the shelf. Yeah, it's on a, it's on a little ledge. They show yeah. it, but they don't tell you what it is. And yeah. uh, Sly and I, and I've seen I've seen theories of like it's like oh well what they do is the, so you take two of the shells and then you kind of pull out you pull out any logs of poop just like straight out of your butt and then you take the third shell and then you kind of scrape out the the leavings and all this and I'm like what what the fuck because. Ever since the movie came out, no, I just no. always assumed that the three shells were, were actually buttons. buttons. Yeah, they're yes. buttons. No, they're buttons. And th- there should not be an... A, it's obvious what it is. The first one is a it's a bidet. You push <laughs> that one and it washes your butt off. Yes. Yes. You know, with soapy water. The second one 
is clear water to rinse you. Mm-hmm. And then the third button is obviously a little nice little air dry. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's that's good. See, I always thought it was more of like a uh like the first shell was the 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 uh the soapy wash. The second shell was like the the rinse and then the third shell was like the uh like the clear coat. Oh, (laughs) to where you you literally waxed that ass. That's right. Yeah, it's like a car wash for your for your booty hole. (laughs) But no, at least at least someone else is like, yes, they're buttons. I always thought they were buttons, and I'm glad that you also think that they're buttons. So there's your answer to the the decades old. Uh, mystery of the three shells. Done. Conversation buttons. over. <laughs> <laughs> totally unscripted, and we agreed. But before before we move on to the the meat of our our spooky wee and spooky tacular episode, first episode of October. Last thing about Star Trek. So here's the thing: is that because they've got that new Star Trek show coming out, Discovery. Okay. Which I think they have the pilot out. All right. And I actually I went through some uh, some conflicted feelings about it because I watched the trailer and I was like fuck I hate Star Trek why am I even watching this trailer and then they got the I can't even think of the actor's name right now but he's actually one of uh, an actor I really like is this guy who played the um, uh, Malfoy uh, not the kid but the dad in uh, the Harry oh, Potter movies oh yeah yeah that guy's an awesome actor oh he's an amazing um, actor and I think he's playing like in. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's playing the captain on this new Star Star Trek show. No, probably. I, so when I saw that, I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck! I gotta watch Star Trek." Uh, like it was like this burden that it just went out. I'm like, "Man, I want to watch this guy act because I really enjoy him Let acting." Let go of the hate. Let go of yeah. the hate. But here's the thing: Fox made my decision for me. Thank you, Fox, because they've decided they want to start their own paid streaming service like Hulu and Netflix and HBO and all, you know, so they've got their own deal and they're putting the new Star Trek show on that. So you can go, you can watch the pilot. I think you can go online and watch the pilot, but if you want to see any of the other episodes, you got to sign up for that Fox bullshit. Oh shit. Good thing. All you Star Trek motherfucking nerds have good paying jobs because you're good at math right? and the sciences. Yeah. But guess what? You can what? totally pay for that. But guess what? I'm a, I'm a struggling artist. So I can't afford to get on another video stream. <laughs> I know it's like six bucks a month or whatever, but I'm not paying for any more of that garbage. So Fox made my decision for me. I don't have to watch Star Trek. Thank you very much. Checkmate. <laughs> you can put an eye patch on and find uh, an eye patch on and your hat and you find it on the interwebs. <laughs> I could, but I don't put that. Mm. I, I don't. I don't sail the high seas of the internet for Star Trek. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> How'd you get into Star Trek? Yoda told me to let go of hate. <laughs> Yoda, Yoda wasn't always right. So. That's all I'm saying. What did Yoda know? He was only around 900 years. Yeah. What? Living in a leaky-ass apartment. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's get into this. Let's get into this week. 
All right, so what are we talking about in this, our first episode of Spookytoberween? This what this episode, the Spookytacular episode. <laughs> you just try to come up with words that I won't be able to pronounce. I'll be like, what? It'll be like me when I was going through medic school in the army and all having to do the whole old school phonics syllable thing, clap it out. <laughs> Spookytoberween? Yeah. Well, no, it's just, you know. All, like, podcasts and, like, YouTube channels and things like that. They always got their little October events with their, their like, Bloodtober or, you know, <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Like, I'm going to call it Socktober. Halloween. I'm going I'm I'm to call it Socktober, and I'm going to go out and buy some reasonably priced thick wool socks for the winter. There you go. See? Socktober. That's right. It can be a holiday for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but as we mentioned last episode, this this month, every week, we're going to tackle uh, our in our own style your kind of uh, stereotypical Halloween monsters. Let's not use stereotypical. Let's use traditional. Tra- okay, it, it sounds nicer. Yeah, it'll appeal more to the listeners in the Midwest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'd like to think we have some of those. Got um, like one and a half. <laughs> but so this week, this week we're going to talk about vampires. Ooh. Ooh. But you know, I'm not going to talk about Vlad Tepish. We're going to talk about Dracula. I'm not going to talk about any Are we talking about I vampires <laughs> or what vampires? <laughs> It's like what? When, when you're talking about, you know, Indians, you got to, you know, specify whether dot or feather. Right. When you're talking about vampires. Is this an I vampire or a Y vampire? So what's the difference between an I vampire I and have a y no vampire? idea. It just, <laughs> like, it just sounded good? or well, no, it's just people that like spell Chelsea, but it's all X, Y, Z. How's that Chelsea? It just is. Right, right. Okay. I'm guessing that's what it is. I think it's a, a depiction between real vampires are wise and fictional vampires are eyes. Mm, mm. That's a it, that's a dumb distinction. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put it this way. I'm not talking about sparkly vampires. We're not going to be talking what? about we're not going to be talking about uh uh vampires who can't seem to keep blood in their mouth. What about uh, vampires with which is purple thing, tears? Purple tears? What's that from? Well, that's from Dracula. Gary Oldman, when he cried, his tears were purple. Oh, really? It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Still love Gary Oldman. Yeah. He can yeah. do no wrong. I know where the beast sleeps. That was uh, that was the uh, the holy Keanu. That was <laughs> that was the line. That was the line from Dracula. I remember. Yeah, yeah. I I try to re- just. Never remember Keanu Reeves in any movie that he doesn't have a surfer accent, or it's not sci-fi. But but the thing is, is that it doesn't matter what accent he's doing; he's still doing a surfer accent. Yeah, and his forehead never moves when he acts. Like his 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 Jonathan Harker was an old English surfer guy. <laughs> and I haven't seen these. What are, what are these new ones he's been doing? John John Wick? You haven't John seen John Wick? Wick? I haven't seen or John, John Wick. Wick 2? No. Oh my gosh. I saw it training for it and I'm like, "Damn, Keanu's a 
badass. <laughs> you you need to see the John Wicks, man. This is the Keanu Renaissance. Oh. He's back, motherfuckers. He's like, oh. who's Neo? <laughs> no. John Wick, baby. Uh, see, my f- still my favorite is Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic was great. That it was had, a good it movie. Had, it had Henry Rollins and a dolphin that talked. Yep. That was an awesome movie. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. Johnny Mnemonic was the shit. <laughs> We're going to go out there with brass knuckles. Like, what'd you say about Johnny Mnemonic? That's right. Well, you know about, you know this about me. You don't talk bad about Keanu Reeves in my presence. All right? Keanu Reeves does everything that he does for you and everyone else. You listening? You listening right now? Keanu Reeves made John Wick for you. So you should enjoy it. (laughs) That happened. He trained real hard. He made a, it was a dope stip- movie. It was a stipulation in his contract. I'll only make this movie if I can make it for the people. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. The guy's a fucking saint. And if you say otherwise, well, you're wrong. Okay. We don't. We don't. We don't speak ill of the Holy Keanu. Anyway, vampires. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about an incident that happened in the 1970s. In the 70s? In the 1970s. Oh, man, that's back when I used to ride dinosaurs to school and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is this takes place in London, England, if you, were, if you weren't aware. I don't know. Oh, I good, I, I thought it was London, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't London, Tennessee. It was London, England, at a place called Highgate Cemetery. Highgate? Highgate. That sounds very British. It does, and it has, and it has a very nice. It has like a spooky ring to it, it's like Highgate Cemetery. Like it sounds yeah. like something out of like real kind of gothic, sort of scary. And I don't know. I've seen pictures of of Highgate. Um, I wasn't aware of the place when I when I went to London, so I haven't seen it in, in person. But pictures, like this, it's basically. I, I feel like. I mean, this probably isn't the case, but basically, anytime somebody makes like a spooky cemetery in a movie. Or something like it's based off of Highgate. It almost seems like it's it's just that sort of. It's got like a giant dead oak tree. More than one. It's a big place. It's overgrown. Everything in there is like hundreds of years old. Um, I don't. I don't think they actually even bury people there anymore. Come on, Brits, get on it. Get out I there mean, and take could, care of your ancestors' grave. I, I could be. I could be wrong, <laughs> but you know, it's. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely this, it's this perfect sort of dark setting for Sweet. for this tale, this spooky Toberween tale. Thank goodness they have the sunny weather of London to correct <laughs> <laughs> the darkness of the cemetery. Right. So Highgate Cemetery, London, England. Let's talk 1969. Um. This is where it all kind of started, this, this scenario. Uh, at the time, Highgate was... A lot, of, a lot of youths in London liked to sneak into Highgate late at night and, uh, I don't know, reenact the... Well, I guess that, it wasn't out yet. But before it even came out, they reenacted like the first part, like the first third of Return of the Living Dead. Sweet. And then, so, you know, they go out there and hang out and party and drink and stuff. Then they vandalize shit while they're out there. It's just, you know, youths being youths. 
Well, it's the good. It's good thing about you know fighting. Um, you know the dead is they don't fight back. <laughs> <laughs> so you could totally vandalize them shit, and you don't have to worry about old man Johnson coming out with a shotgun. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Britain. Uh, it's oh, wait, it's yeah. uh, England. So uh, old man uh, Wilford Shire. Yeah, with a longbow. <laughs> Gun laws are a little bit more restrictive in London. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened was, so the, these kids would go out there, sometimes some of them, uh, you know, a little interested in the occult. As teenagers, young people tend to do, they kind of go through these little phases of, oh, this is, that what? sort of thing is interesting. Um, and so some of like the vandalism and things like that it would le- they'd leave behind, you know, like images of like pentagrams or, you know, they'd six, have, six, they, six. yeah, they do their little, like their little rituals. Slayer. And, oh know, wait, leave Slayer evidence of that and, and things. <laughs> so reports started coming out that there was some occult shit going on in Highgate. What? Yeah. So enter a fellow by the name of David Ferrant. I think that's how it's pronounced Ferrant F F A R R A N T. I'm going to say Ferrant. Okay. Um, and the, we have an, an exact date on the 21st of December, 1969. What? Right before Christmas? Right before Christmas. David Ferrant, who a paranormal investigator, like a self-styled paranormal investigator. Um, he went with some people and they spent the night in the cemetery just kind of see, you know, they wanted to investigate these claims of occult Sort of thing. I hope they had a sleeping bag because it seems to me like it'd be rather cold. Probably, but there's enough like from the pictures I saw. There's enough like foliage, like moss, shit like that. <laughs> like you could, you could probably fashion a little like a smoldering thing, or like a raging. Yeah, something. I mean, you don't put yourself, you know, a little makeshift like lean-to <laughs> in the cemetery. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Protect yourself a little bit from the elements. Something I don't know. I don't know what he brought with him. But he says that he glimpsed a gray figure in the cemetery. He glimpsed. Glimpsed is okay. the word that was used. That is a great word. And actually let me let me just let me just say this sentence here because I think it really encapsulates. <laughs> uh so on December 24th, December 69, he had glimpsed, quote-unquote, a gray figure, which he considered to be supernatural. And he asked if any, any others had seen anything similar. Uh, so then on the 13th of January, I guess, you know, for the past couple of weeks he's been walking around, but, oh, I saw a gray figure, did you see anything? Um, he ran across some people who saw things in the cemetery, and then there's also a, uh, one of the roads that goes uh, by the cemetery, like, right next to the cemetery. It's called uh, Swain's Lane. <laughs> Very British. <laughs> uh, and they saw, the reports said that they saw ghosts. Uh, there was a tall man in a hat. No further description, like, not not any specific kind of hat. Just tall man in a hat. A spectral cyclist. What? Yeah. A woman in white, a face glaring through the bars of a gate, and a figure wading into a pond, a pale gliding form, bells ringing out of nowhere, and voices they would hear 
calling out. The thing was is that, and maybe we could point to say it here, is that there really wasn't an instance of two people saying, yeah, I saw a, sp- a spectral cyclist. <laughs> it would be like, he talked to one person, and that person would be like, I saw a spectral cyclist. And then he talked to someone else, and they'd be like, I saw a tall man in a hat. And they, he'd be like, well, can, is, can anybody else corroborate your story? Well, no. You know, the, I was the only one that saw the spectral Well, it's, it's good that he's asking the questions asking, to other asking the people. Because, good... you know, that's what a good investigator does, whether it's normal or paranormal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, enter in another fellow. What? Yeah. Uh, now, it's got one of those weird... In his name, he's got one of those. It's not. It's not. It's like an accent mark. Oh, okay. Um, it's so with, like the double dots or like the apostrophe one. The the apostrophe one. Okay. Uh, it's it's spelled it's Sean S E A N, but there's one of those little marks above the A, so that's like I don't know how that's pronounced. Sean. <laughs> it's like Sheen or something like that. It's it's something along those lines. Anyway, so we're gonna call him Sean. Sean Manchester. Okay. Who, like David Ferrant, was also a self-styled uh, paranormal investigator. Well, it's uh, the seventies; they didn't have a university, right? Course for that. Right, and the Warrens were all the way in the states. <laughs> but and I'm pretty sure, and I can't, uh, I don't remember which one of them was Manchester or Ferrant, but one of them also claimed to be a demonologist as well. Ooh. And uh, Manchester and Ferrant actually became friends, and they sort of formed their own. Paranormal investigation team. What? Like Ghostbusters? Kind of, yeah. But without, and like, the, I, I, I've seen interviews with them. They're not funny. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they didn't have any cool equipment or anything like that. They weren't scientists or anything. They were just people who were like, Bill I'm... Murray had nothing to do with them. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, and then, so they started investigating the cemetery together, uh, going out and spending the night, see what they could see, what they could investigate. And, um, Manchester ended up putting forth a theory. Uh-oh. Okay. And, uh... <laughs> I already don't like this guy just because of his last name and the fact that the only soccer team Americans know about is Manchester United. So... Mm. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> had to bring some scoring ball into it okay, at some yeah. point. Sounds good. So, um... So... Reported on the 27th of February, 1970. Oh, man, that's like a day before my birthday. Yeah. Well, and four years, but... Right. Uh, in a publication called The Hampstead and Highgate Express. <laughs> uh, they interviewed Manchester, and he, from his investigations and from what he saw and the things he heard from people and... Uh, he came up with a theory. All right. And here's his theory. He believes, believed, that a king vampire of the undead. A king vampire? A king vampire. Okay. Is what actually was haunting Highgate Cemetery. Son of a bitch. It became known as the Highgate Vampire. And he even had some backstory to it. Um... Uh, he believed that there was a a nobleman who lived in medieval times in Wallachia, uh, 
and I've heard that being pronounced a couple of different ways. I've landed on Wallachia. I've heard it Wallachia. It's a country that's like pretty much like adjacent to Transylvania. I've never even heard of this country. But yeah, it's one okay. of the, it's, it's an East European country, you know, and and I probably should have done a little more research. It's probably one of those things that's named something different now, or <laughs> or whatever. But in medieval Wallachia, oh Romania, it's part of Romania. Okay. Uh, it was a medieval nobleman who practiced black magic. Well, you can never trust the Wallachians. Yeah, I mean, it's medieval are, times. You know, the, the, the Wallachian Romanians, yeah. everybody knows those are those are crazy motherfuckers. Yeah. They're going to delve in some black arts. Yeah, you're a nobleman, you've got money, life's boring, it's medieval times, so it's not like you can sit down and watch The Defenders. you got to fill your time yeah. somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so he practiced black magic, apparently, and lived out his life. And at some point in the uh, 18th century, some followers of this nobleman, who doesn't have a name or any of this stuff, supposedly brought his corpse, uh, which was in a coffin, to England. Yeah, because medieval times is definitely before the 1800s, and from what I understand, this cemetery wasn't commissioned until the 1800s. Yeah, something along that. Okay. Um, but so the thing was is that he wasn't initially buried in the cemetery. It states here that the followers actually bought a house for the corpse <laughs> in the West End <laughs> of London. <laughs> and then later was buried into the site that became Highgate Cemetery. But this corpse, this medieval nobleman in his black magic, he was a king vampire... Uh, who in the in 1969, according to Manchester, when the kids came and started doing their satanic cult rituals, they inadvertently roused the king vampire. Thanks, guys. And then so now the king vampire. See, I don't even know what what the fuck is a king vampire. Like, what makes a king vampire? I don't know. Is there like a coronation ceremony? <laughs> Maybe he was just like a like a a duke, but then. They brought him to England, and he was like, "All oh, fuck Queen Victoria, I'm, uh, Queen Elizabeth, I'm going to be king, king vampire. Right. With yeah, no name. <laughs> Something. Maybe his name was Vampire, and <laughs> so he's accurately named. That sounds Eastern European, if you ask me. Sure. Maybe it's pronounced vampire. <laughs> so that was that's his theory, is that modern Satanists roused the king vampire and he now stalks Highgate Cemetery. And his suggestion... Stocks? Like he puts up like canned goods and stuff or stocks? Oh, stocks with an L, I'm sorry. No, he's, he, sits, he sits in the bushes with binoculars and... <laughs> Looks oh. looks 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 for the uh, the Return of the Living Dead punk rock chick, and uh, I don't blame him. Makes some messes in the. Bushes. I'm just saying she had a pretty profound uh, effect on me. She was instrumental in making me a man. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So <laughs> anyway, stock A L K, not yeah. O C K. Right. Okay. Um. So his his suggestion, which. 
was illegal at the time, is illegal to this day, <laughs> is that the vampire's body should be found, it should be staked, beheaded, and then burned. Uh, <laughs> but I guess first they got to figure out which bodies. Well, the yeah, vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Gravestone, I'm just thinking to be there. <laughs> right. But he knows of the house. <laughs> so, but uh, I must also mention that later on, uh, Manchester did say that the whole thing about a king vampire from Wallachia didn't actually come from him. That that was a journalistic embellishment that the paper kind of added. Okay. Uh, not, he wasn't backtracking from this bullshit at all. Um, <laughs> but. In his book, uh, which he wrote, I think, in the early 80s, but there was a 1985 revised edition that came out. Mm -hmm. He did state in the book that there was an unnamed nobleman's body that was brought to Highgate in a coffin from somewhere in Europe. Um, so the embellishment was that somebody called it Wallachia? <laughs> that, it was, that, that it came from Wallachia and that it was a king vampire. Mm. That was the embellishment. Mm. Um, now... Of course, he didn't offer any evidence towards any of this. What are you talking about? He I would have thought he would be sitting on a pile of evidence, but no, it turns out he didn't. However, Ferret did say that he saw some dead foxes in the cemetery. He saw some what? Dead foxes well, in the cemetery. Shit. And on a quick inspection, he couldn't figure out exactly what killed the foxes. <laughs> uh... The exact quote was, and the odd thing was, there was no outward sign of how they died. Um, and then they kind of relayed that to Manchester, and Manchester went, yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. And then later they stated, both of them stated, that they saw other dead foxes with throat wounds, and they were drained of blood. Now, yeah, um, so it's kind of like how we have here where you can't go and adopt a black cat in there because teenager, you know, during the, during the times around Halloween, because, well, teenagers are fucked up and they do things like sacrifice animals. Sure, but even with the foxes thing, they're not offering any actual evidence. They don't have any, like, you know, corpses of dead foxes or any no pictures porns? or nothing. No, they were just like, yeah, I saw some dead foxes. And later on, they were all, yeah, their throats were bit. And they were drained of blood. They were dry-ass foxes just laying dead. <laughs> so, this sort of thing started a bit of a rivalry between Ferent and Ma Manchester. Because Manchester came out and was like, it's King Vampire from Lodge. And Ferent had a little bit more of a level head, and he was like, well, there's definitely some shit going on. But I'm not ready to identify it as such, as a vampire. It might be a ghost. It might be, who knows? There's something going on. But I'm not ready to say it's a vampire. And that started to cause a rift between Ferrant and Manchester. And so they started to become rivals. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> now, both of them were pretty much staunch on the fact. They were like, I can stop this. Ferrant being like, whatever it is, I can stop it. Manchester being like, this vampire, I can stop it. And only I can stop it. <laughs> so they ended up kind of splitting off and forming their own separate groups. 
and they would go and in, invest, quote unquote, investigate the cemetery at night, and trying to find the vampire to rid London of the scourge. So then Manchester said that uh, on March thirteenth, oh shit, which right turned out St. Patty's Day, which was a Friday, oh damn. Friday the thirteenth of March, that he would hold an official vampire hunt. Um, as somebody who hunted as a child, what, um, you, you had to pack, you know, certain gear for what kind of hunt you're going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does he give a packing list on? He doesn't. Oh. Well, he that's doesn't. disappointing. I'm guessing garlic, <laughs> some cedar steaks. <laughs> he did state, he did state later his account of what happened that night, March 13th. And he stated that he himself and some companions basically broke into the cemetery in the middle of the night. Criminals. Yeah. They're no better than the damn teenagers that conjured up this damn whatever the hell it is. (laughs) So this is what they did. They, uh, there was, there's a church obviously on the grounds. And there was some sort of, like, damaged railing or something that led into the cemetery. That's how they broke in without being noticed by the police, who at this point are now kind of patrolling around the area because people are now, after all these claims of the Highgate Vampire... You have a spectral cyclist there, Chris. Yeah. People you need to have an increased ex- police presence. Yeah, well, people are people keep coming to the cemetery in the middle of the night, and so the, the police are trying to thwart this. <laughs> but they managed to sneak in, and apparently... They're uh, a friend of Manchester's who was a psychic. Oh, well, that's a good friend to have. Yeah. If you're a paranormal investigator, (laughs) demonologist. One of his companions at some point fell asleep and started sleepwalking. Okay. And believing this to be a psychic sleepwalk. (laughs) Well, of course. They followed her around and she ended up walking up to a uh, a tomb of of some sort. They call it a catacomb. Yeah. And uh, so they were like, well, this has got to be it. This is where the vampire is. And so they tried to get in. But the entrance to the catacomb was sealed pretty well. And despite their best efforts, they couldn't get inside (laughs) through that way. So uh, they did find out that in the catacomb there was a hole in the roof. And so they dropped a rope down and they descended into the catacomb. And then they proceeded to... Fucking Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. So then they proceeded to walk around inside the catacomb and sprinkle holy water around and started shoving uh, garlic into coffins. Because everybody knows that vampires, and especially king vampires, don't like any kind of savory foods. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Vampires are not known for their love of flavor. Yes, <laughs> so that's all they really talked they didn't they didn't find the vampire obviously but they just you know they took those preventative measures by sprinkling holy water around and garlic and then escaped back into the night but didn't he say that they should cut off the head stake the king vampire and burn it right but they didn't they didn't identify the body Okay. Like, which one in particular was it the king? Oh, vampire? they weren't sure which one it yeah. was. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, a few months later in August, there was a, there was a car parked 
I think it was on Swain's Lane, like right next to the cemetery. It might have been one of the other streets. I totally want to go steal a street sign <laughs> for Swain's Lane. Right? Um, yeah, it was like, you know, Swain's Lane on one side, and then it's like cock at thistle avenue like going on the other side you know it's very it's very british um <laughs> but there was yeah so they find inside this car the body of a woman who has been beheaded and burned what yeah the, the police actually when they investigated it they uh they actually determined that it really had that it had absolutely nothing to do with ferrant or manchester or any of this highgate vampire stuff it was actually mm. a separate incident that they it, it was just like a murder that just happened to happen there in that particular fashion for what I've been able to find. <laughs> However, when reports of it came out, this caused an even bigger surge of people descending upon Highgate in the middle of the night, trying to find whatever thing there is to be found in the cemetery. Those cops had to be happy. We're like, fuck yeah, I'm getting <laughs> overtime. <laughs> Sweet time and a half. Ferrant, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, David Ferrant was actually found at some uh, they they uh, they captured him uh, at some point in the cemetery. One night he was walking around uh, with a crucifix and a wooden stake. Which is kind of weird to me because Ferrant was the one that's like, I'm not sure if it's a vampire. I, w- I figured it would have been Manchester, at least, who yeah. had the, the crucifix and the stake. But well, Farron- see, I was all Team Ferret until now. Right. Um, I'm like, oh, backtracking, are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he was arrested, but when it went to uh, court, it was dismissed. Um, and then a few days after that, uh, Manchester went came to the cemetery, but he came in the daytime when he was allowed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> and um it and it in, totally increased his odds of not running into the king vampire because of the daylight. Right. Or okay. does king vampire have the ability to daywalk? Think about that, people. Think <laughs> about that. <laughs> so we only have we only have Manchester's account of what happened that day. Okay. He went to the cemetery with uh, some companions who none of them have been identified or spoken about this. Uh, there was no press there. There was no police involved. So we only have his account to go off of. And what he said is that him and his companions actually, they went back to that tomb or catacomb, and they actually managed to get the door open this time. They didn't need to jump through the hole in the roof. <laughs> um, and... Uh, he opened up one of the coffins that he hadn't opened the other the, the previous the night before a few months before, and he believed um, that this was the coffin with the vampire in it, and he was about to the still unnamed vampire, the still unnamed vampire, but that had a mausoleum. <laughs> yeah, because you don't put names on mausoleums or anything like that. But okay, right? And and he believed he believed this this coffin in particular. He actually believed that for for whatever reason he never really gave one that he believed that this coffin actually was in a different catacomb initially, but had recently been moved into the the one that they oh, were in now. Shit! And so he believed that this was the the vampire. He opened up the coffin. There's the body. He's and he's getting ready to stake it. <laughs> And one of his companions, for whatever reason, again, not specified, said, nah, don't do that. Not a good idea. And he went ahead and did it. No, he was just like, nah, you're probably right. No, no, I mean, I mean, he, he followed his 
companion's advice. Yes, yes, he followed his companion's advice, but he did put garlic and incense in the coffin before leaving. <laughs> do we get? Do we know what kind of incense? I mean, was no, it like just lavender, patchouli, uh, frankincense. I'm gonna go ahead and say patchouli because that shit's uh. vile. It's vile. Uh, but if it were me, I would. It probably would have been like some nag chapa or something like that. Yeah, some yeah. nag chapa, some a couple some sticks. pleasant sounding. Was it incense oil or was it sticks? Was it a cone? <laughs> <laughs> so Manchester then claims that three years later, uh, he discovered a vampire corpse in the cellar of an empty house in the area. Okay. Um, and he stated that he did stake and burn that corpse and beheaded it. Okay. Again, no evidence <laughs> of any of this. <laughs> it happened. However, people started to kind of, th- they started to put a little reason on it, and they go, wait a minute, what you're saying is that there's a vampire walking around in the cemetery that was transferred here from some European country, East European country, the coffin was. You used a sleepwalking girl to find the corpse. Um, even his description of the corpse as gorged and stinking with the lifeblood of others, with fangs and burning eyes. What does the smell of lifeblood of others smell like? I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. But people said... Wait a minute, you're just rewriting goddamn Bram Stoker's Dracula and you put yourself in the Van Helsing role. <laughs> it's the same, you're telling the same story. And he's like, no, that's just what happened. So, <laughs> this kind of jumped around a little bit, but let's get, let's get to uh, April 1973. There were some reports Uh-oh. that Ferent and Manchester, who were in full swing of their rivalry, finally separated. They publicly hated each other at this point. Uh, they were going to have a magician's duel <laughs> on Parliament Hill, but that actually <laughs> never came to pass. Uh, about a year later, Ferent was arrested again for uh, damaging memorials and interfering with dead remains in Highgate Cemetery. Uh, this vandalism des- desecration, he insisted, had been caused by Satanists, not him. He didn't do it. He just saw it. Mm. <laughs> but it was just sort of this thing where, at, at this point, like, there's, you know, all this mythos and all this stuff has sort of grown about Highgate and Ferret and Manchester in their own ways just continue stoking mm-hmm. that fire. And it just sort of seems like every time, like, you know, the fervor would start dying down. One of them would, you Make know. Make a new discovery. A new discovery, and then it all sort of starts again. And it, it, this all just sort of ends on kind of a, kind of a whimper, because their, their investigations and all this sort of stuff just sort of tapered off. They just stopped going. Kind of like and, the boy that cried wolf. People just were like, oh, meh. Yeah, people just stopped giving a shit. Even, it seemed like Ferret Manchester, they even stopped giving a shit. They, they, they moved their focus on each other. And to this day, they still publicly... You should say that more ominously. To this day. To this day. <laughs> they, they, very pu- they very publicly talk just piles of shit about each other. Now, Ferrant, 
I guess at some point in his sort of wishy-washiness about might be a vampire, mm. maybe a ghost. So it's, eventually he did make a determination that it was not a vampire. What they were dealing with was a demon. There's a demon in Highgate. So in sort of like the intervening years, uh, when they were still sort of investigating, uh, Manchester would go looking for the vampire, Ferent would go looking for a demon. and Two completely different hunting techniques. Totally different. But basically they just continued to get like sort of busted for essentially just them and their friends breaking into the cemetery in the middle of the night and having weird like occult... I'm going to go as far as saying that they don't even have friends. (laughs) (laughs) They were caught alone, and they're like, oh, oh, my companions must have uh, scurried off. (laughs) But my companions were here. They'll vouch for me. What are the names of your companions? Uh... Uh, I probably shouldn't uh, uh, disclose that information. Well, I gotta protect uh, their uh, uh, anonymity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So they they still they both still run their own respective <laughs> paranormal activity investigation Services. kind of things, and they've both fully taken to the internet because it's a very easy way for them to snipe at each other from their what? office chairs. Because that's essentially all they really do. It's even to this day, they just get on the internet and they talk shit about each other. They have if they have interviews, if the other one is even mentioned in the slightest, they will go off on tirades about the other. They legitimately hate each other. <laughs> I'm gonna start guessing that this was like a lovers quarrel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like the way this is sort of worded. Let me let me just kind of say this okay. real quick, and then you can. <laughs> this is how it's worded. The feud between Manchester and Ferent remains vigorous to this day. Each claims to be a competent exorcist and researcher of the paranormal, and each pours scorn on the other's alleged expertise. All right, you <laughs> use the word vigorous and scorn <laughs> in that. <laughs> Yeah, someone was pissed off because they didn't have an orgasm, or I don't know which one. I'm not placing blame on whether it was Manchester or Ferent. I think they they got a little side action, and the other one found out, and then they were like, oh, no, it's a demon. No, it's a vampire. No, it's an astral projection. Yeah, well, no, that's that's really, like, the, the only real basis of it is that it's like, oh, he says it's a vampire, and he's a fucking idiot. And then it was like, well, he says it's a demon, and he's clearly a fucking idiot. It's a vampire. And so, and that's, like, the, 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 the full basis of their... Someone got some side sure. action? <laughs> or there was a woman involved. Where's, probably. Where's Rachel McAdams? Yeah, probably. So uh, this this is another thing that I thought was kind of interesting to sort of mention. In 1991, there was a book published called Bloodlust Conversations with Real Vampires, written by a, a Carol Page. And for the book, she had a very lengthy interview with Manchester. And in it, she's, she's very uh, critical of him. Mm-hmm. And she describes his self-proclaimed activities as the real evil in Highgate Cemetery. Which has got a fucking sting when it's coming from somebody writing a book called Bloodlust Conversations with Real Vampires. If that person is going, 
you're full of shit and you're pretty evil yourself. <laughs> I think you should probably sit back and kind of take stock of uh, what's going on with your life. Yeah, next time you're <laughs> in the cemetery, congratulations, your dick just got knocked in the dirt. Yep. But like I said, this whole thing just sort of ended with a whimper. They um, they just sort of went their separate ways. They stopped. They, they themselves and their groups stopped going to Highgate. However, again, to this day, to this day, to this day, uh, on Halloween night every year, um, it's it's become almost tradition that uh, literally hundreds of people will break into Highgate Cemetery and basically party all night in the cemetery. See what Highgate should do instead of letting people break into it. Be like, oh. Hey, come to the Highgate's uh, Cemetery on Halloween. Five pounds. I don't know how much money that is. It sounds five, like a lot. Five, five mm. quid. There you go. Reach in your pocket and pull out five schmeckles. <laughs> Sorry, I went, a little, I went a little Rick and Morty on that one. But, yeah, no, that's that would be a good idea if I ran a Highgate Cemetery. I mean, maybe the government runs it, but either way, yeah, that they should do that. Just so be fine, like, you get more start, tax revenue. Fucking print up some Highgate vampire. You know, I yeah, I spent get the, some fireworks. You know, I I spent the night in Highgate Cemetery and all got with this stupid T-shirt. You know, whatever. Get get one of those like park mimes. Yeah. To be all in white and yeah. ride a. Bicycle <laughs> down Swain's Lane. <laughs> I would totally capitalize yeah. on yeah, that. Yeah, start themselves their own little cafe press site mm-hmm. and, you know, put out coffee mugs. <laughs> yeah. Like. <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing about this. This is actually one of my favorite stories. Uh, I've actually, I've been, for the past year, I've been really interested in it and kind of trying to do research on it. Because what really strikes me about it is that, you know, 1970 was not that long ago. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. That just totally made me feel young. You're right. It wasn't wasn't that long ago. (laughs) But you're still almost dead, Shane. It was still in, it's still in the age of reason. And what, what fascinates me about the whole thing is that you take... This little thing of like you know some some uh, vandalism, maybe a couple of like uh, maybe occult symbols that you see, and all it took was two guys to go vampire or demon, and it caused this whole like cultural madness that went on for like three four years in this cemetery without any actual evidence to anything. Other than back in 1969, someone left a pentagram on a... You totally got evidence. You have their account. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure you could... uh... (laughs) What if... Let me... Now, let me pose this question. All right. What if they're both right, and it's a king vampire demon? Oh, shit. Well, if that's the case... The evidence is right there, Chris. Open your eyes. Mm, (laughs) Smell the sulfur. Yeah, because Ferent said demon... And Manchester said vampire. King vampire. King vampire. Yeah. Maybe See? they both had a little bit of rightness to it. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just it's just something that really astounds me that in, in, in the in the modern age that this sort of thing could come to pass. Just off, based off of literally nothing. <laughs> it just you know, a little bit of vandalism in a spooky ass cemetery. Mm-hmm. We should go to a cemetery and start making shit up. Get arrested a few times. <laughs> right? But like, you don't understand, officer. 
I'm white, so I'll get away with it. You'll get arrested, though. Yeah, so shit. So you'll get the street I'll the, cred. I'll be the ferret. I'm you'll... the one who keeps getting arrested. <laughs> They'll be like, sir, you can't be in this cemetery. My dad's rich. I got a lawyer. I'm white. You can't arrest me for this. You can't. Right. Meanwhile, I'm on the other end of the cemetery talking to different cops, being like, look, you may not know anything about demonology, but it's really important that I get in here with these topless girls because we have some rituals to do. These are my companions. You've never seen Return of the Living Dead? Dude, you're wrecking my game. (laughs) It's got to take it to the side like old... Look, man, this is this is something that's been in the making since I was a preteen. Like, what 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 is it going to take? What kind of money is it going to take for you to just look the other way? I need to take care of some things. Like, I will totally do community service, but you totally let need to let this happen. I will turn myself in after it happens. I got topless punk rock girls in a cemetery. Put yourself in my shoes. What would you do? So yeah, um, there's lots, there's lots and lots of stuff on on the internet about the Highgate Vampire, and especially about uh, Ferent and Manchester, who are actually are just fascinating characters of real life. And uh, so if this if this interested you at all, definitely check it to see. <laughs> Go down that rabbit hole. It's a fun rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's obviously fun. We've had a lot of fun with yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. That about does it for this week. I think so. I think we rambled on long <laughs> enough. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week with another Spooky Tober Ween. God sub- damn it! <laughs> subject. Yeah, spooky uh, topic. Spooky Tober Ween. Spooky Tober Ween. Spooky Tober Ween Eve. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and if but, you're in Albuquerque, go out and enjoy the balloon fiesta. Yeah, balloon fiestas this weekend. Yep. Enjoy that traffic. Or just yeah. sit on your front porch and watch them all fly by. Yep. Yep. That's what I do. Have done <laughs> for the past <laughs> 20 years. Um, but yeah. Are you going to get on the balloon glow? No. Nope. <laughs> no. We're like New Yorkers that don't go to the Statue of Liberty. It'll always be yeah. there. Yeah, people from Los Angeles who don't go yeah. to Disneyland, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Disneyland. Ugh. I'd sooner go to the La Brea Tar Pits. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it for us this week on Spooky, the Spooky Podcast. My name is Chris L. Dillon, certified demonologist. Uh, no, I believe my title is Witchfinder General. Oh, that's right. And I'm Shane K. Whitty, official title. Um, can I get some hummus on that bread? <laughs> Finder. <a> <laughs> but I'm sure, I think we're probably going to end up doing witch at some point, which is at some point this this month. I'm not, mm. I don't know if it's going to be next week or the week after, but it'll happen, I'm sure. I'm I have a sure. list of X's. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, I could make one of those. <laughs> <laughs> But we hope you enjoy this week's episode, and we will see you next week. And, hey, just be good, people, because life sucks right now. It's kind of hard, but it'll get better. Just all I can say is, you know, extend a hand of kindness, you know, um, to quote the infamous writings of the King Vampire. 
Just don't be a dick. Yeah. But yeah. seriously, people, hopefully you have a great week. And hopefully, you know, we're all going to get through it. But, you know. We're going to get through it, and we will see you next Friday. Next Friday. On it. Yeah. Bye, yeah. guys. Bye.